Hey there, this is Danny Sunshine Bauer from Better Leaders, Better Schools, and the School Leadership Series, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Reimagined Schools podcast. I'm your host, Greg Goins, and as we begin this show, we have some exciting news. Ask the Reimagined Schools podcast is now a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Be sure to check out all the wonderful podcasts on Twitter at EduPodNet. This week, I'm very excited to bring in my very special guest, Dr. Mark Wagner, who serves as CEO of EdTech Team Incorporated in California. Mark is also the author of a new book, More Now, A Message from the Future for the Educators of Today. Mark is also one of the leaders in the Google for Education platform as he helps lead the innovator program through Google. He's also one of the leaders in the EdTech space and a great guy to talk with about the future of education. So kick back and enjoy this episode of the Reimagined Schools podcast. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Reimagine Schools podcast. My special guest today is Dr. Mark Wagner, CEO of the EdTech team. And Mark, it's so glad to have you here on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me, Greg. It's been a while since we've talked. We actually met for the first time, uh, I think in 2016. We were at the ISTE conference in Denver, Colorado. Uh, you, had yeah. a really, you had a really cool event, and I was lucky enough to score an invitation to the superintendent sandbox and I met a lot of wonderful people and uh, I'm sure you've had a chance to continue that that model to reach out to superintendents principals and school leaders uh, why is that important to do those kind of things and and what have you been doing I, I know you were probably in Chicago this year for ISTE yeah we didn't have uh we didn't have the rain and hail storm that uh, leaked into the <laughs> superintendent sandbox so it wasn't wasn't quite as exciting but uh but yeah, it's it's um, it's been great to be able to connect with people um, at ISTE and at, and at conferences like that, and, and when we're already together, to be able to have um, some time like that where we can talk with with other leaders in in the education space and and have the um, the gift of time to play and explore some of uh, some of the new stuff that's available. And uh, I know that, you, again, you have a lot going on with the EdTech Summits, but for our listeners out there that may not be familiar with EdTech Team, can you just give us a quick overview of, of what you do and what's the mission? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I should probably start with the, uh, the one-sentence version of, of my backstory, which is I'm a, I'm a former high school English teacher, and I got to be the uh, tech coordinator at the site, district, and uh, county level before uh, launching EdTech Team. So mo most of our team are, uh, you know, followed a similar path. We're, we're all uh, former educators. A number of us are uh, former district administrators. Um, so the, the team is very much a, a global network of uh, education technologists. So uh, it's, it's uh, sort of by teachers, for teachers, if, if you will. But we, uh, as you mentioned, we do the summits. 
uh, often featuring Google for Education, and those are conference-style events, um, very regional. So we'll uh, we'll typically do one. Most of the people that come to one uh, live within about a 90-minute drive of it. So uh, you can you can often do it without a hotel budget or travel budget, um, and come get uh, you know world-class keynotes and breakout sessions and. Um, you know, get, we talk about it as the, uh, the shot in the arm for the, uh, the geeky educator crowd, right? Um, and, and a great place to start for people who, uh, who are interested in being a part of that world. But we, we've been up to a lot lately. Um, we've launched uh, online courses and we have a really great uh, teacher leader certificate course, um, which is a, a full on uh, six credit graduate course uh, with a certification. And we've got a, a number of uh, like self-paced courses uh, also, I, I guess, I think this is all really since uh, 2016, uh, at least that it got officially off the ground, but EdTech Team Press. So that's, that's where the book comes in. Um, and mine is it's certainly not the first. We've got a, a, a whole catalog of about two dozen books that are the, um, the educators and speakers that we've worked with over the last couple of years who really have a story to tell that, that uh, we thought ought to be amplified and, and put in more people's hands. So um, really excited about both things, those things, having like the online uh, arm and the, uh, the, the press arm, but yeah, tens of other exciting stuff that I'm sure I could go on about if, <laughs> if we need something to talk about. And so you are the author of a new book. The, the title of the book is More Now, A Message from the Future for the Educators of Today. And it's, it's been out a short period of time. I think it came out in uh, a couple months ago here in 2018. And uh, just what was the motivation in writing the book and what can we expect if we pick it up? Uh, so it was, there's, there's a lot to unpack there because I'd love to unpack the title too, but the, uh, the basic motivation behind writing the book was to try to capture, um, some of what we several years, um, running summits in, in particularly innovative schools all over the world. Um, because the experience we were having getting to visit different schools and see, um, you know, where and how innovation is working in schools, it, it, was not necessarily something that uh, you know participants in, in one event would get right. So the the idea of sharing that experience and sharing the framework that that is sort of uh, formed in our mind, all of our work now was was really the goal. So the whole book is actually um, focused around a framework that we use now. You may have seen the honeycomb graphic, um, where there's six elements of school change. So the uh, the sections of the book are broken down by courageous leadership. Uh, empowered teachers, student agency, inspiring spaces, uh, engaged community, and sort of last but not least, the uh, robust infrastructure that, and, and that could be policy as much as uh, switches and Chromebooks and iPads, right? So the, the book captures um, a lot of what uh, we've learned and also captures a lot of uh, other guest voices, experts who are, are uh, for instance, uh, more qualified to talk about inspiring learning spaces than I am um, really compliment a lot of the, uh, the anecdotes that I've, I've put in the book. Uh, yeah, it's a great book and it's certainly something that, that educators throughout the country need to need to grab a hold of because there are a lot of practical solutions for the classroom. You mentioned the EdTech team press. Uh, I think it's really cool that uh, EdTech team has expanded into that marketplace of, of creating and publishing books by some fabulous educators out there. What was the mindset in, in creating that outlet? Oh, yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's sort of what I was saying before in the sense that we wanted to be able to amplify 
the impact that that some of the people we were working with were having, right? So you look at something like um, uh, Hyperdocs, or you look at something like uh, the 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 message in uh, "Make Your School Something Special" that Rushton Hurley has. Like those those are things that that should get to more schools. Um, and even though they, the authors could come and speak at our events, um, it didn't necessarily mean that. Uh, you know, people all across the country were seen, right? They, they would come to a specific events and be able to speak to a few hundred people, but putting their, their book out there, putting it on Amazon and having people that go to any of our events be able to pick up their book, um, you know, completely changes that. And I actually have another one right behind me that's fun to talk about too. This, uh, the, the Martians in Your Classroom is sort of a, a, a funny sounding title. Um, the subtitle is STEM in Every Learning Space, but the, um, the concept behind it is the the first people to walk on Mars in our classrooms now. So what are we doing to serve that generation and prepare them for that that future, right? Um, so the authors, Rachel Mann's an educator and uh, Stephen Sanford's uh, a space scientist at NASA, um, they, they've collaborated on a book that helps teachers sort of integrate space science into uh, all areas of the curriculum. So that's the sort of thing where if, um, you know, if we hadn't connected with them uh, through our work in professional development, um, we, we wouldn't have realized the great work that they're doing. And now we've got the opportunity to put that out there for other schools to, uh, to experience and, and learn from and implement too. And, you know, the thing I really like about uh, EdTech uh, Team Press and what you guys are putting out is, you know, there are a lot of great books out there that, that focus on tools. And a lot of speakers are out there talking about tools. And, you know, I call it the flavor of the month. It looks like Flipgrid, you know, was the big thing here for a while. But what I really like about what you guys do is, is there, there's really a, a, a pedagogical framework that, that you try to include. Because I've, I've always held the assertion that, that teachers, by and large, are just as, just as excited about technology as their students. A lot of times they just don't know how to use it in the classroom. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's very true. The other thing that I think we tend to focus on are, are very uh, open-ended tools that can be used um, a variety of pursuits for in, in a variety of subject areas, grade levels, and, and, and can be used for, for creation. Um, so the, you know, the, the pedagogy is more important. Like what, what are you going to do with the tools? If you, if you look at, um, you know, having Chromebooks in the classroom or having uh, low-cost devices or even, uh, you know, I know you, you wanted to talk a little bit about the, the state of ed tech today. If, if you look ahead to things like the, the Oculus Go or whatever, um, uh, or even there's, there's some devices I talk about in, in more now uh, from Qnero that are like uh, braces. There's a lot of really spectacular stuff out there, but when it gets exciting is when it becomes uh, an open-ended tool that you can, you can apply to lots of different problems. So for instance, um, you know, Oculus Go right now is, is really exciting and the, the potential of what's coming for the future is, is pretty spectacular, but I wouldn't say there's an open-ended tool that kids can use for problem solving uh, across various <laughs> curricular uh, uh, subject areas, right? Um, whereas something like uh, Google Docs, for instance, uh, or as, as simple as, as a blog can be used across subject areas, across grade levels. And, and if you're, you're focusing on creation and collaboration and publishing and metacognition, and all, those are going to be um, much more powerful tools. And a lot of times now, those are the tools that are 
free and ubiquitous or you know, under two hundred dollars that that um, we can make available to to students everywhere. And that's that's what we get really excited about. And that's that's really what the what the summits focus on and what the what the tools focus on or what the books focus on for sure. You know, I find it fascinating that if you really stop and think about it, educational technology is still relatively a new concept in a lot of ways. Because I remember uh, as a first year high school English teacher in Illinois, 1995 was the first time I actually got on the Internet for the first time. And so that's that's less than 25 years ago. And you think about where we are today. Sometimes we forget that this is still a work in progress on on the ed tech end. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, you know, if you talk um, <laughs> historical processes, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's moving quickly, but it's, it's only in its infancy. Um, but on the other hand, I definitely have days where I, uh, I realized, oh, I've, uh, I've been giving this blogging workshop or something like it for 10 years. And, you know, I've, I've been teaching uh, Google Docs now for 10 years. Um, so some of the stuff that I think is most, um, most important schools is not necessarily super new um even you know i said i had cops here but um i was thinking about what am i what am i doing with my kids right now right like they, they got very excited about the oculus um uh but like i said that that it um it sort of taps out after a while when you've used uh, a bunch of the specific apps right but um they got super excited about um the class they took uh here in irvine this summer where they got to make their own video games right uh, and the software they were using is a 14-year-old software called Game Maker from uh, a company called Children's Technology Workshop that doesn't even exist anymore. Um, and this was, uh, you know, one of the highlights of their summer was being able to make their own video games with this 14-year-old software. And it was uh, the people that ran the class ran the software on these old, like, uh, you know, Acer netbooks. And... Um, it turned out when we when we brought their projects home on a flash drive, they they couldn't install them, you know, on our Chromebooks or our Mac. Um, but you know, we went out and got a two hundred dollar Dell and uh, runs this fourteen year old software just spectacularly, and and they're creating their own video games. So it's there's that sort of thing that I think um, doesn't have to be new to be really really effective. So it's it's interesting to think about time and ed tech because um yes it's it's, as a historical process it's it's moving uh really really quickly 25 years and that's um you know that's a generation of students right that have have been through schools in that time um and you look at a lot of what's you know most interesting to me today is not necessarily the latest and greatest it's the way teachers are finding to use things that are now becoming really accessible and really ubiquitous in schools right yeah and i think that's well said and and i've always said that you know we we talk about the i generation and digital natives and and our kids want and deserve a different school experience than their kids and their than their parents and grandparents had uh but but sometimes as as school leaders as adults in the building as teachers you know, we're a little resistant to that change because the kids are so far ahead of the adults, sometimes it's a little overwhelming. So what are some of the, the, the questions that you get when you go out and you work with school districts? Oh, boy, that's a great question. Um, you know, a lot of it, and this was part of the motivation behind this book, too, is that a lot of it is, is really comes down to cultural change. You know, the, uh, the, the software and hardware is readily accessible now, and the, and the kinds of devices that are being produced right now are just getting more and more affordable. 
uh, for schools and for everybody. Um, so now it's more, how does that change what's happening in the classroom? How does that change the relationship between teachers and students and between teachers and their colleagues uh, uh, and school leaders and their colleagues? But, you know, one way of, of the sort of explaining the gist of it is you, you get you, uh, let's say you go one-to-one -one Chromebook, or you go one-to-one -one iPad and you've got a device on every kid's desk and uh, they're still sitting in rows listening to a teacher lecture, right? Like nothing has changed about the culture of the classroom. And if they're just uh, taking notes and regurgitating what the teacher's saying, then, then obviously you're not going to get, um, there's not going to be any meaningful change in their experience and their learning. But uh, if you start looking at sort of all those elements of the honeycomb that we look at, um, and, you know, let's start with the space. How can the space change to reflect the culture you want in the classroom? And it, it could be little things like getting rid of the teacher desk or <laughs> putting the teacher, that sort of thing, or having flexible furniture that moves around for, for different uh, learning purposes. So small groups or all group or, you know, large circles, whatever it might be. Um, having, uh, you know, instead of one large central shared display, maybe several around the room that kids can plug into. Um, and, and again, like I said, there's, there's people more expert than me in this. And we have a separate book called The Space um, by Rebecca Hare and, and Robert Dillon that's, um, that's really fantastic. She's a designer and he's in a school and they, uh, well, I mean, she's in schools now too, but um, they, they collaborated together on, on a, a really accessible book to how, to how to change your space for, you know, on a budget, right? Um, but if you look at the other elements too, sure, you brought Chromebooks in a, into you know every kid's hand in the classroom. But how do you change the space? How do you focus on student agency so the kids are the ones making, creating, you know, collaboration? Uh, how do you uh, empower your teachers to do that? And a lot of times, that's uh, the gift of time. You know, I was saying earlier, but uh, a lot of times it's additional professional development or access to the tools that they need. Um, but also, how, uh, how are you supporting leaders so that they can be courageous enough to make these decisions and, and allow that kind of risk-taking and potential failure in their schools, right, and, and make that a, a learning experience and a, a teachable experience? Um, and, and you've got to engage the community if you, if you really want this. The way I illustrate it briefly is, you know, if you have teachers or if you have parents that are expecting uh, quiet kids in rows, uh, and you've you've invested in flexible furniture and spaces and teachers with alternative methods and this project-based learning and so on, uh, and they come in and see chaos in the classroom. They they uh, they might parents might resist this, but if you engage the community and raise awareness of what's possible with today's technologies and celebrate that, um, we we like to promote the idea of like uh, if you're if you're launching a new initiative at the school and, and get the community involved and excited about it. Um, you know, then, then the community can become a driver for change in the school because you have parents who are saying, well, you know, I've, I've seen this happen or it's happening in so-and-so's class. Why isn't it happening over here? Or why can't we do this at our school? And, they, and then they're driving change. Um, and of course, that takes some courage for leadership to do that because then you're, you're dealing with parents trying to drive change in the school. But uh, even when you look at the robust infrastructure, you know, uh, there's a simple questions like, do you have the, the Wi-Fi and the bandwidth to, to handle the, the devices, what you want the kids to be doing? But then there's also questions like, do you have um, the, the policy infrastructure to, to support what's happening? Um, Stephanie Shipton has a, a few segments in the book. Um, she's uh, actually formerly with the uh, Department of Ed in Hawaii. She's working for a nonprofit there now. 
but um, you know, often saw her, her job as as removing barriers for teachers in the classroom. Like, how could they change policy to make uh, innovation easier, or how can they uh, support what needed to be happening in classrooms? You know, given the opportunities available today, um, and that just for me anyway, that concept of policy infrastructure in my mind because that's um, you know, how can you create systems that make it easier for people to um, you know, to, to be changed and be flexible right? and, and to do things in the way that we kind of hope and want them to be done now. The name of the book is More Now, A Message from the Future for the Educators of Today. So, Mark, based on the title, I would assume that you've given some thought to what you think that future is going to look like. So if we talked about the first 23 to 25 years uh, of ed tech, what's, yeah. the, what's the next 25 years going to look like? Well, yeah, that's a great question. I, I want to point out that we, for a long time, the book was just a message from the future for the educators. Is is maybe, maybe takes a little bit of hubris to write a book with that title, um, but ultimately, the more and more it came together, we realized that, uh, and there's there's a story behind both titles that are in the book, but uh, that the idea that it was it was more now. It's it's not not focusing on the past, which um, perhaps traditional educators do, uh, and it's easy to do things the way they've always been done. Uh, but it's also not focusing on the future, right? It's not, uh, in, in ed tech circles, we can very easily get stuck in the way things should be done or could be done. Um, and, and we're not so focused on the moment, right? And, and there's definitely elements of, of sort of mindfulness and presence and, and, and being with the students who are in your room to, that, to the title too. But the idea that um, more or less everything that's in the book, you can do right now. Like it's inspired by schools that exist right now. Um, you know, I, I remember I tell often the story of walking into uh, Albany Senior High School for the first time in, in New Zealand and realizing here was a school with huge flexible learning spaces, you know, four classrooms wide and, and shared office space for teachers and, uh, and, and conference rooms that kids, you know, need quiet or they want to do a small group work or presentation or something. Uh, and it looked a lot like a, an office at Google or Facebook. But um, so here's this amazing, inspiring space and, and learn more and more about it. The entire campus is run on open source software. So it's this, this infrastructure that supports the kids tinkering and playing too. And, um, and you, uh, you learn more about it. And it turns out they're doing um, Ignite projects all day, every Wednesday, all kids are working on essentially their 20% their project where they, they pitch an idea, a project to three staff members who sign off on it. And then that's what they're doing. And they're, they're uh, you know, uh, writing plays and shooting movies and fixing cars and creating software. And it's, uh, there's, you know, evidence of it. And walking in there, I had this sense of, of like, wow, the school, you know, I've been imagining forever exists and they've been doing this for years. Uh, and so that, that kind of that moment is what I really wanted to capture in the book is that the, the what we think of as a school of the future, right. That, ha that has and does all those things uh, is very, very, possible now even if you think about some outlandish stuff i mean the, the, i've mentioned the oculus go a couple of times that's virtual reality for under 200 dollars um and if you look at uh, i mentioned cunero that's a company here in irvine they do games uh, that adapt to kids brainwaves so if you an educator speak you can think zone of proximal development right like we want to have uh learning experience that uh, challenge challenge kids without frustrating um 
And this can actually measure a kid's brain waves and find when they're in that flow state. And if they, if they get kind of too bored, it can challenge them more. And if they get uh, too frustrated, it can back off a little bit. And so um, they, they use brainwave sensors you can get on Amazon for literally $69. And we, uh, we took, um, I don't have one here to play with, but we, we took Finn over there and he tried a bunch of the games. Um, uh, Finn being on the cover of the book, uh, he's, he's my eight-year-old son, Clark's 10. But, uh, you know, they put the brainwave uh, monitors on them and they're, they're going through games based on the, on the math standards. And it's, uh, it's simplifying the interface when they're getting frustrated and it's throwing more at them as they, uh, as they you know, go into a flow state. Um, and, and that exists today. Like if you're a math teacher today, you can go get those games on an iPad and, and buy a $69 uh, brainwave uh, monitor off of uh, Amazon and be doing that with your kids. That could be a math center. Um, so I, I think there is a lot of exciting stuff in the future. I, I think, um, virtual reality is going to go some interesting places. Um, that, that sort of adaptive game that that's adapting to our biometrics is going to go places. Um, I think, you know, I, I, uh, 10 years ago, I, I finished a dissertation on video games and learning. And I think most of the potential in that field is, is ahead of us. But the point of the book is that there's a lot you can do now. Uh, you know, Q-Narrow exists now. Oculus Go exists now. Um, the uh, <laughs> Game Maker existed 14 years ago from Tobias Technology Workshop. Uh, and certainly you can have, uh, you know, Google Docs and a blog and a Chromebook in the hands of every kid uh, uh, on the planet almost, right? Uh, certainly in our country, that's, that's a realistic possibility when you look at what we spend on instructional materials. So like that's all something that can be done now. And, and I'm one of those people that, that doesn't want to wait, right? Like I want to, I want to see, I, I want to see the schools of the future happening now, particularly given uh, where we are. You know, ten years into the, the fifteen years, I started blogging in two thousand four, right? Fifteen years into uh, my personal experience of the the Web two revolution, right? Uh, you know, having come out of the edu blogosphere myself, like I, I want to see this stuff happening in schools, and it's and it's more and more possible every day. So. I think that's really the the focus of it. Um, and the, again, there's an anecdote behind the message from the future title, uh, and ultimately the message is that the the future is better, and uh, and it's it's our job as as architects of the possible, as they say at Google, uh, to make that happen. And, and my my highest hope would be that this book inspires uh, and teachers and, and parents across uh, across the country and around the world to to make that happen to take. Uh, take a step in that direction every day to, to giving our kids that experience right now. You know, my, my wife and I were recently in a brand new McDonald's. We were in Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, we walked in and it was the first time I've had a chance to see the, uh, the touch screen uh, board out in the lobby where you can actually go and you can touch the screen and place your order and all that good stuff. And, and yeah. I, I, I remember telling my wife at the time, I said, now that McDonald's has done it, this is what schools are going to look like soon. You're actually going to be able to walk into a school. You're going to be there in the atrium or the office or the lobby. You're going to be able to use that touchscreen board. You're going to be able to, to push your kid's picture and get their schedule, their grades, the balance for their lunch fee. I, I, think, I think that's where we're going. And if no one's invented that yet, we may be on to something, Mark. Yeah, and it's uh, and if you look at the uh, the Internet of Things, for instance, you know when all of our uh, all of the stuff in a school is talking to each other too, it, it's going to get um, 
you know, I think it's going to be slow, but it's going to get really, uh, really spectacular over time in, in terms of what's possible in our, in our learning spaces. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I am too. And I can't let you go without talking a little bit about Google. I know you, you do a lot of work with Google yeah. for Education. You're one of the people that helps to oversee the Google for Education Certified Innovator Program. Uh, a lot of things have happened with Google for Education in the last few years. Can you give us kind of an update or a brief synopsis on, uh, you know, how, how, how did we go from the Google Educator Certificate now to the Innovator Program? And what is, what's that process like? Oh, yeah, yeah, I can talk about that. I mean, if, if you look at the tools, I, which is where I thought you were going for a minute there, it's, it's you know, Classroom, obviously, is, is making the big biggest difference, and it's sort of the gateway to all the other tools now for, for a lot of teachers. But, um, but yeah, I think philosophically what's happening is um, th those tools that, you know, 10 years ago and even five years ago, um, in the earlier days of our summits, for instance, like, we really had to help people come to grips with the tools and what they could do and, 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 and the tools were really important. Like they were changing, uh, like dramatically changing the, the, what's possible in the, the culture of schools uh, or at least uh, facilitating and amplifying it, right? But and now we're at a, you know, most schools in the United States have access to uh, G Suite and um, many, many, many schools have uh, Chromebooks or similar devices that can take full advantage of those things. So the, the sort of evangelism function of that program is not as important now. Um, certainly you, you want sort of um, dynamic engaging uh, educators to share what's new. Uh, and you know, every, every year there's, uh, I don't know, I think it was one year they released a 240 changes in, in uh, G Suite for education that year or something like that. Um, so there's always a reason for that continuing education and, and learning what's possible now that you can, you can, uh, you can implement right away. Right. Uh, but the program really changed to, uh, focus on these, these cultural issues. So how do you, uh, change the culture of a school? How do you change the, the, you know, our field in general, um, and really honed in on innovation. So the, um, formerly the Google certified teachers or, uh, Google teacher Academy, program is, has been renamed and, and significantly restructured. So it's a Google Certified Innovators program. And people now apply to the program with a problem they want to solve. Um, and, and when they come to the academy, they get, uh, it's now three days long, at, in Google offices, they get immersed in Google culture, they get immersed in design thinking, um, and they, they go through at least an initial design thinking process where they're um, they're brainstorming possible solutions and they're prototyping. Um, and then they leave with a year of formal support from Google uh, and from us uh, at EdTech Team to, to, to build their product or build their project out, to launch something to, that's, that's going to change education. So um, they're, they're sort of all different levels of ambition and all different uh, focuses for sure. Um, but, um, you know, every cohort is 36 kind of handpicked uh, people who want to change the world, right? They want to solve a problem in education. Um, and every year they're, they're launching, you know, cool stuff that's doing exactly that. Um, and, you know, in some cases it, it becomes their job and, and it is career changing. And in some cases it's something that uh, helps their community or their school or their classroom. But in all cases, they're, they're, they're being ambitious and they're, they're creating something new. Um, uh, to address the problem that they're they're passionate about, 
so that um you know being a part of that is, is sort of become even more rewarding because now it's not just you know uh, meeting and uh empowering uh you know, you know innovative educators from around the world now it's really supporting them and um and following through with them and seeing them launch uh new things that are really having an impact on other educators and other students so i i love the new format um and it's and it's amazing that every time that you know applications go out uh, you know spectacular world-changing educators apply um and uh become part of the community so it's uh i i, I feel very lucky to continue to be a, a part of that community and get to see that that process happen well, Mark, I, I certainly want to thank you for taking your valuable time. I know you're yeah. doing some incredible things there with EdTech team. I've always considered you to be one of those tech titans uh, in the EdTech <laughs> space, the, you know, one of the people out there leading the charge. So kudos to you and, and all the success you've had uh, with the book. Again, the name of the book is More Now, A Message from the Future for the Educators of Today. And, and as we wrap it up, Mark, you know, where can we get the book and, and maybe share one final closing thought as we think about uh, technology in the classroom for this coming school year. Yeah, sure. And I, I should also say that uh, it's, it's really exciting to see people in, at the level of leadership where you're operating now, uh, doing what you're doing to, to share, uh, share ideas like this and get, get um, you know, help, help be a part of diffusing innovation in schools. So uh, kudos to you for making that happen. Uh, and, and thanks for all the all the work you do, and the, for the the schools and the students and communities you serve, but uh, but also for so many others with the with the podcast. Um, yeah, the best place to get the book really is on Amazon. Um, you can get it on our site too, but it's it's uh, <laughs> quicker and easier for everybody to buy it on Amazon. So uh, it's just, if you just search more now and Mark Wagner on Amazon, you'll find it. Uh, actually, I've got a short link too. If you go to the edtech.team slash more now so it's edtech.team slash more now uh that'll take you right to the uh, the amazon sales page for the book um boy and and a, and a final message huh um boy that's a good question you know i think uh i'll i'll, I'll leave one more anecdote because i talked about um the innovator program and empowering educators right to to attack a problem and create something new uh to to help solve that problem and change the world right um our our colleague uh brendan brennan uh also from hawaii actually uh is is teamed up with a number of his colleagues and they're they're now running a program called the moonshot laboratory that we're, we're working with them on and this gets kids doing that kind of moonshot thinking so the kids uh come to the laboratory from their regular school they um so they're still going to school and then they, they also get to participate in the moonshot laboratory uh, they come with a problem that they they want to solve, and they um, they have a similar exposure to um, cultures like Google and Facebook, and, and and they have similar exposure to design thinking, and they have the support of the innovative educators uh, like Brendan and his team to um, to go out and create novel solutions to you know vexing problems. Uh, and the kids are also ambitious and they want the world that they're, they're inheriting to be a better place. Uh, and they're, they're doing some really, really spectacular. Um, the Moonshot Laboratory is up and running in, in Hawaii in some really challenging uh, areas. And, um, and we're in the process now of, of bringing it to California. Um, Brendan's moving here. We've got a couple of school districts here in California involved now. So it, it's, it's I, I think as a final message to land on, the idea that what 
what we you know we've been most excited about in the ed tech field over the last couple of years is something that kids can be doing too. Um, we've we've actually taken our summits now and we do student summits. Um, we still have a lot of our team there to present and share what's 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 going on. But there's there's student presenters and the participants are the students alongside their teachers. Um, and by the way, when your teachers go away to to professional development and come back to their school, they can kind of pretend it didn't happen. But if they go through the professional development with their students, uh, there's no putting that genie back in the bottle. So um, I think it's a parting message: the idea that um, you know the students should be involved in the professional development, the students should be involved with the with the problem. Um, that, that everything we talked about today, you know, the, the kids should be doing, um, I think is probably a pretty good note to end on. Yeah, and I, I think that's very well said. And, and folks, you need to go out and get this book. It's going to be a game changer for you in your school, your school district. If we have instructional coaches out there working with teachers, looking for some of those practical solutions, some of that ped pedagogical framework, you need to get Mark's book. So, uh, And also check out all the books that are available through the EdTech Team Press, some wonderful authors, some wonderful ideas there. So Mark, again, thanks for being here. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for listening and supporting the Reimagined Schools podcast. And as always, do what you can in your school and community to create better schools for kids. Thank you.